microphone. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's touched her microphone. Yo. Talk a little bit more. Bitch, what's my favorite word? Bitch. Now you gotta say it like short. <laughs> Once we get to going, going yep. then we good to go. Yup. What you think about this Louis C.K. shit? We started already? What you think about it, huh? What do I I'm think about it? I'm always recording. I'm uh, always recording. I think that... <clears throat> I just got an alert on my phone from TMZ that says he confesses. My accusers were all telling the truth. I mean... That's crazy. That he, I mean, it, it. what do I think about it? I think it's fucked up and sad that it takes all these women. It's just like with anything, with racism, with... Uh, any type of ism that it takes all these people, and in this case, all these women, for shit to get the attention and uh, for actions to be happening the way they are. Right. When really all it should take is like, listen to the people, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like the one person that's like, this is inappropriate, like, that should be it. It's just like in school. No, yeah. we're going to stop this shit now so that it won't escalate you know so not just because it's a problem because it's damaging to people to our being to our world to our country oh my god i like that point that you said it's damaging to our being to our world to our country a lot of people don't know that their individual actions yeah. make a staple on the entire being as a whole exactly that is very very true sometimes there's just nothing left to say I want to thank our sponsor, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Um, well, guys, that voice you've been hearing is Sheets. Uh, real name Rashida. I don't know how to say her last name. Man. Olayawu. I'm going to just say because I'm so black and so proud. Uh, it's Olayawala. Okay. Rashida, Olaya Wala, but everybody call just me calls sheets, you sheets. And I it's a and it's it's Well we gotta because, say your whole name because right, that's how they find you on IMDB and shit. Of course, you know? it's Rashida Sheets, Olaya Wala, but I, I and I, I say that because of you should be proud of your name or whatever. And I and Sheets came that was affectionately given to me mm-hmm. in college and one of my black history professors was like, Sheeta Sheets. That's why my name on social media is Rashida Sheets because when I began hosting everything, they start calling me Sheets. And so it's a it's out of love given to me by my people, the people. So that's why. Okay, so you went to, what did you go to college at? Went to NIU, Northern Illinois University, baby. And you were hosting? What were you hosting? I used to host all the comedy shows, fashion shows, anything that was entertainment like up there, I hosted it. Nice. Which is so crazy because my cousin, who's a lot older than me, real, that's like a maybe eight to ten years in between us. Mm-hmm. My big cousin, he used to host the stuff before I came there. I think he, he went, went to, to NIU? For a couple years. I think he went to, and even if he didn't, if you from the shy, even when you didn't go to NIU, you, you went, went to NIU. NIU. I do So he that. used to be up there <laughs> for the comedy shows. And, like, I remember, I remember my freshman year. And I was just, like, shocked to see my cousin on stage. And he was like, oh, I forgot you went to school here. Yeah, I'm doing a comedy show. That's <laughs> like, funny. Now, is that your first cousin? Yes. Nice. 
who's how is that mother father like where's the uh, relation uh mother and his his dad and my mom oh okay cool so it's like okay Nice. So who did you grow up with? Did you have any siblings? Did you come from a two-parent household? How was that dynamic growing up? I came from one of the... Now I appreciate it. When I was young, I used to be like, damn, there's too many people in this house. (laughs) I grew up with a bunch of people. I'm one of like 63 grandchildren. Wow. My mom's one of 12 children. So that's why when people be like, you related to it, it's like, it's possible. My family's Mm. huge. That Um, is huge. And we didn't all, all 63 of us didn't stay together. No, but like my grandmother's house, my grandmother and grandfather both had homes once they, you know, they had their separation, but they were still together. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know it's a lot of households out there that that shit makes sense. But so we stayed with my grandma and my grandma's was the house where it was like the family house where- When things went bad, like you fell off your rocker for a little bit, or mama, I remember, yeah, the grandma had the house, the rooms, the space, and the love where that's where I was. It was a gang of us. So I have, uh, I have a sibling who passed away, but I have uh, left now. I have two brothers and uh, two sisters. Nice, five of y'all. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, or six of y'all. Total. It was six. One is no longer here, and it's uh me and my sister. My mom uh has my one of my aunties. Her she passed away, and my mom raised my cousin as her daughter because that's how that's how you do it. So yeah. I don't know her as my cousin. I know her as my sister. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. How are you the oldest or what do you fall I'm not the oldest. A... I am the middle child. Me I was too. The middle child oh my god. So long. <laughs> oh my god. Ch- this shit is being real. Being a middle child is like it's some type of psychological torture. It really mm-hmm. is. I really it agree is, and with nobody that. sees it unless they're a middle kid. They think we just they like, think we crazy. They think we crazy, <laughs> or they think we're attention whores. And it's like, no, actually, we're not. Y'all crazy, right? This and is y'all real. making the the, the, the difference. I'm being but, neglected. Y'all not paying attention. <laughs> but yeah, I, even when my baby's brother came, um, I was still it was still the middle kid. Like, yeah, it was like I'm right there in the middle of everything. That's fine. Okay, so what gave you? Uh, confirmation that entertainment is what you should be doing. Like, what? Where did you get your start? I would say, was it from what gave NIU me? when you were hosting? Is that like your first taste of entertainment, no, or was it far before? It that? was when I was a kid. Like, I just remember when I was a little kid. I was about four, five, maybe three to three to five years old. My aunties, and once again, going back to that big family, we would have living room talent shows. Mm-hmm. Like, and. My cousin, my older cousins and my sister and them, they would always be like Escape or SWV and they would never let me be, you know, sing with them or whatever. And I was like, whatever. And I used to just do impersonations of Flavor Flav. I, lo- <laughs> I think I love hip hop. I'm a huge hip hop head. It's my favorite genre of music, hip hop, soul, all that. And I remember my auntie used to give me quarters whenever I would do Flavor Flav. And so oh, I was wow. like, wait a minute. I can get Every paid time I do this, <laughs> she's just going to keep giving me quarters. <laughs> or just watching, like, reruns with my mom of and Living Color and stuff like that. And I would just do the goofiest shit. I, like, I don't know if y'all remember them Scholastic book things they used to send home. They did. And I would always order the goofiest stuff. Like, I would beg my mom to buy me the joke book or the, you know, and I'd just be around saying, like, the corniest jokes or making up my own stuff. And I knew, I just knew then, like, 
even though it would work my mom's nerves, she always would just let me do it. Yeah. So I'm like, this is just who I am. I've always acted a fool my whole life. Or my, I have an uncle. His name Uncle Scoochie. Oh my yeah. God, my daddy name is Scoochie. For real? Yes, we called him Scoochie. Oh my, that's what I we have, call him Scoochie. I have jokes about my daddy growing up. Scoochie. My name, my <laughs> uncle, my uncle, my uncle Scoochie. He was a big movie head, so he used to. Um, collect all these movies he would record them off the tv mm-hmm. and then he would put a little <laughs> tape name of it on the tape or whatever and we used to watch the dopest black cinema movies and oh wow even now i have my friends who were raised in like differently than me or two-parent homes and they'd be like i ain't never seen this movie how you see that when you was i'm like because i grew up in a house full of people where my mom worked my grandma worked where when we were home we would watch um those movies and we would imitate those or it was just seeing you and knowing that this is what I want to do. Yeah. It was either do what I'm doing now or be a doctor just because my grandma was sick. She was uh, sickly and she would always say she wanted one of us to be in the health field. And I just used to like helping her, but that comes from the humanitarian in me that the like loves to help people become be better but once I was in college I was like nah I know what I'm destined to do or going to do so now how did you channel back to second city how does that come in when did you get started so that's an interesting story um when I was in college uh I didn't know what second city was um even growing up I didn't know because second city of course is on the north side of Chicago and also it's a predominantly white institution um and its target audience I don't think it was to minorities or whatever like that because if that was the case me being a born and bred Chicagoan would have known about it it's not exactly (laughs) and and we keeping it real on here um and uh I was in college and I remember being with my homies and we literally saw this sign next to the Carl Sandburg Auditorium. And it was like, they were literally giving away the tickets. They were like, Second City, this. And I remember, like, the white girls in our dorm was like, oh, my God, my dad, um, you know, he loves Second City. <laughs> and we was like, what the fuck is Second City? Like, so I was like, man, y'all, they giving away these free-ass tickets on a Wednesday. Y'all want to go? So we went. And it was decent. Like, it was like, oh, they, they do what? Saturday Night Live and then Living Colors. They was just doing sketches or whatever. Yeah. And I remember um, it was like their diversity people had was there because black theater, I was in black theater workshop at, okay. at uh, NIU where it was like black theater. I was a black theater minor. Uh-huh. And so we had our own group because I, NIU is a PWI. So we had our own workshop, theater what workshop. What does PWI mean? Predominantly white institution. Oh, so you know how you got HBCUs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just PWI. never heard it before. Yeah. It's so many acronyms it, out here. I'm is. trying to learn. It <laughs> is. That's that's my millennium shit, millennial <laughs> shit that I it kicks in me from time to time. But uh, so funny. they had reached out to me because, like I said, I hosted everything there. I was just a goofball, and um, I remember I came back to the crib and was like let me see what this is went there and the lady was like y'all in black theater workshop she was like we'd like to invite y'all down to second city for she said it was the first show that it was two black people on the stage now mind you this is like 2008 or 9 maybe 10 because i was still in college yeah so mind you I, I'm like the first time two black people on the stage, right? Like to my to our young ass, we like right. right. We was like, "What do y'all mean? This is the first time that's." Ha-? But she was like, "And we like y'all to come this and that." 
So we came. So we came. It was. It had to be about 2010 or 11. I don't know. Whenever this show uh, ran there, but it was called uh, South Side of Heaven. Oh yeah, And it yeah, was yeah. the first time that that because it was Edgar Blackman and Sam. Uh, that's my boy. Why don't I? I know you're Sam, talking about Sam. Him. Yeah, Sam Richardson. Um, those were the two black people she was talking about, and they wanted us to come see it. And I remember being like, you know, at the time it was, it, it was like, man, this is dope. Like yeah. there's a place that can, that trains you and mold you for what you know, like you, cause you know, you have it, but it's, it's always dope to, to grow and to become better. Yeah. So I was like, cool. After I graduated, I went to New York for a little bit, um, to, you know, I was young, finding myself and working, working my butt off. And, um, I oh, remember so you lived there. Yeah. I was back and forth for a little bit, lived there with my best friend. Um, she's amazing. And I remember uh, I had got real sick. I had uh, like a tumor in my stomach mm-hmm. that had caused me to become really sick. And I had to go back home because they was like, you have to come home for this operation. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, it was big. It was bad. I was real sick out there. So I came back. I had a bad breakup during the time I was sick because I fell in love in New York. Oh, wow. Found, they, found you know that's where people dude. go. Sex in the city. I'm see telling you, I fell in love <laughs> with this nigga. Love. And I swear, everything just felt so right until I found out he had a whole nother life. And um, Oh, no. Came back home. In the process of me coming back home in 2013, I really was just like, you know, she's, if you're going to do this shit, do this shit. So I remember that card that I had got from uh, the outreach people at at Second City. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to go take some classes there. Ended up taking some classes there. And I I just, every time I did it, it was like, if you're going to be paying for this shit, like, yo, do this. Yeah. And I just remembered I was like, I'm gonna knock, hit some home runs. Like, why, if I'm gonna do this shit, I'm gonna do this shit. And then that's when I started learning about other things like IO annoyance. Cause we, we truly, as black people and and people of color, if you're from like these parts of the city, that you know, where you don't know, you don't know, you, you don't, don't even know, know that you these only things know exist, you know. right? Yeah. You don't know that this shit exists. And people, of course, they be like, "Well, Google, you can't Google something that you ain't never even, you don't know, you ain't heard of, whatever." I'm interested how if if we went to the south side of Chicago and just randomly asked five different little kids on the street, they wouldn't know. And asked them, "What do you know about Second City?" Hell is, no. How many of them would actually? They're gonna know be that? like, "What?" <clears throat> No, they don't know. I have friends today where one of my homies yesterday, because she knows that I am a, like, conservatory graduate from there, a Bob Curry fellow, the NBC Bob Curry thing, because of me, my friends, my friends now know. Like, they'll see something like, oh, my girl went there. My homegirl went there. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know, so that's how that happened. And I, I went through... The uh, second city thing did some IO shit, did some annoying shit, and just kept kept, kept it moving. Now, what was one of the biggest fears that you've had to overcome getting started in that, like going for that? Just in general, of what I do, or being there, or a specific just place, one, or? just a fear that you that was like you got you can't sit and let this hold you back. You got to keep it moving, but it was there, it was um, present in your life, and you knew it. I would say challenging myself, like being afraid of things that I knew I could do. But just like being so of like limiting myself and challenging myself, 
I'm a person like truly of no limits. Like I, you can't put me in no fucking box. Period. Right. But then I'll be the one doing that to myself. You'll put, you'll put yourself yeah, in the box. Yeah, just like because yeah. in, in, in college, what a lot of people don't understand either is hosting things. It's just stand up. It's just stand up in like the time with timing and stories and all that. And I did all of that in college. And then it's like once I had came back, I was still doing it. But then I was so focused on, you know, one wave of this and the other wave, like writing and, and sketch um, like in comedic acting where I had forgot that part of me yeah. where it's like, and we have to continue to challenge ourselves. And it was like, that's one of the things. And also like knowing when to leave when to grow is over. Yeah. Right. And not even, it ain't even gotta be over per well, se. Not just that, like that part of your journey. Right. Is, like knowing, yeah. some, like I know people give other folks and I'm not talking about myself in general, just, I'm just speaking. We having a dope ass time. It's like people will give some people will give other people so much slack for going off and coming to become better. Sometimes you have to leave to become better or yeah. to grow or to be uh, seen in, in, in something like don't get me wrong. Plan your shit out. Make sure you have a plan because just all that whole I'm going to go off on faith. OK, you better make sure you have some plans with that faith because yeah. faith will fail without plans. Yeah. You know, or something will be built well, on faith something. Faith without works is dead. Like, exactly. And, and also you can't build a foundation on something that's unstable. Yeah. You build a house on top of mud, that shit going to sink. Right. Yeah. So it's like be, you know, but it's like just knowing Know yourself, know your worth more than anybody. Sometimes we can lose sight of that, and 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 that, and I, I'm being transparent and can say sometimes being so caught up in in stuff and and wanting things to work or wanting or knowing what you have is dope or that you want somebody else to see dope. Sometimes we can forget our worth, where it's like, nah, look, kind of correlates with our uh, meditation. Craving. Hello. The cravings, cravings, the cravings, wanting, exactly. wanting. You know, I was just, I'm actually in the process of reading a book about that, kind of going through like a, a mental transformation of just allowing myself to just be right here, right now. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I'm in this podcast, I'm having this conversation with you, and that's all that matters. I'm not thinking about what I want exactly. to have. I'm not thinking about my set tonight at the Laugh Factory. Exactly. I'm not that's why about you saw me all these hit other... my phone off button because I don't. I'm not, but I'm we get not caught up in not being a text present. Come, we look. Yeah. Uh, I was telling my brother yesterday. This my little baby brother. He's 17. He's my favorite. Like one of my favorite people. He I think he is my favorite person. His name <laughs> Naheem, but we call him Nani. And he was one of my cousins had called my phone, and the, and so I'm listening to the voicemail with him, and he was like, "Hey, Rashid, what's up? This K, hit me back soon as you get this." And so my brother heard that urgency in his voice. But mind you, I know my people. So yeah. I'm like, my brother's like, are you going to call him back? And I said, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, dang, you ain't going to even call him back. And he just said, I said, first of all, we have to stop making like it, you. Unless it's an emergency or something. And it wasn't because if it's an emergency, you'll call again Somebody or you'll text. Or they'll right, say, or they'll say like, hey, it's, it's an emergency. emergency. Yeah. He just wanted me to call him back. On my time, like, and it was like, I'm not saying that's some jerk shit. It's not some asshole shit. It's just stop making yourself available to everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I was sitting on the couch watching one of my favorite shows, which is. <laughs> and, and that's what was important right, to you. <laughs> and it, because I never get to do that. Yeah. I never get to watch daytime television. And it's so cool to be home with my family and be able to do that right now. Yeah. And no, it wasn't important for me in that moment. 
to call that person back. Right. And they and it's like cuz we'll you'll get uh that feeling of like, "Oh, now I got I don't want to feel like that when I call somebody back." Yeah. I never want to feel like, yeah. "Oh, let me see what they want." That's no. I want to be like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Cuz that's fair to them and that's fair to me. Yeah. And so when I explained that to him, he was like, yeah, I feel you. Because I said, how many? How often do you feel like, huh, that's because you, you got to set up some boundaries. You feel like it's an obligation. Like, right. Oh, you, I, I got to do this thing. Exactly. That shouldn't, you should never want to feel like that. And if you start feeling like that, whether it be with work or your, your, uh, with what we do, our entertainment, our writing, our what, whatever, with your podcast, you should not be doing that that day. Yeah. You should not. You yeah. should not feel obligated to do something for whether it be for people or yourself because something is wrong. Yeah. And we need to discover what's wrong there. And what was wrong there was he was calling during a time where I didn't I I was doing me. And that's that being aware of your emotions, being aware of exactly. how you feel. And a exactly. lot of you know, that is our guidance system. That's our number one indicator that something is right or wrong is how we feel. And that's me. I'm a spiritual <laughs> person. I'm a very spiritual person. And I just had some spiritual counseling where it was like I wasn't paying attention to how I was like because people always see me doing something or going or building or or inspiring or something like that. And it's like I wasn't taking moments to feel like I, it was a moment I was down about some stuff. This world is so crazy right now against women, against children, against just all the racist stuff happening, sexual harassment. Every day it's something. And on top of that, it's like you have personal things that's going on. And I wasn't taking my moments to feel and to be because happy is is just one emotion. Mm -hmm. But if you don't feel those other things, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it's like we have to be able to feel to rest to it's all right. We and social media is a whole nother yeah, can it. of worms where it's like take your time. I I took a little break. I'm sorry, my I was doing the black girl head pat. And you I forgot hit, you had on hair. Right, I was like, damn, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's funny. I straight chipped my damn <laughs> so she nails. Just, she just knocked herself in the head, y'all, trying to scratch her head in the black people, black woman pet version. Damn, is what just happened. Chipped my whole uh, nail, and she hit her headphones. So. Uh, All right. Well, okay. So real quick, did you feel like growing up on the south side of the sh Chicago assisted or hindered your dreams of becoming entertainment? Because I know you said that the resources just aren't available, so you yeah, don't know I, what you don't know. And I got to show. Go ahead. Wait, but I almost feel too. like. You grew up on the South Side, though, right? Yeah. Okay. I I, I'm Chicago, because sure. I my family was located both, but once I got, um, we we are South now. Okay. Yeah. I'm, okay. That's why I'm born. Cause and I know bred. Real grew up. Yeah, West, West Side. Because our family, my our family, owns property on both sides. When okay. our grandfathers came back from the wars and shit and shit like that, I don't want to say it bad. So yeah. yeah, we just came from, and he's older than me, so a lot of my older cousins are grew up on the grew West up side. Crane and went to. Uh, yeah. So do you feel like that hindered or assisted your dreams of being in entertainment? Because I feel like being a black person from uh, op from a area that lack exposure. So you say hindered, hindered my what? I'm just talking. Your dreams in being in entertainment. So you didn't have the resources per se, but you had other things that like the talent show, right? You had other aspects right. of growing up that kind of made Which was a makeshift you, talent show. Right, so it's like, did it hinder I think or it's assist, a, or was it both? Did I it, think it's, I think it's a little bit of both, just because, and I'll, I'll drop some gems on this right now. I love where I'm from, where 
you know, just Chicago in general, South Side, West Side, they, those are two areas that we'll, maybe we'll get a little political later on, like whether like the activist part of myself, but is is in this question right now, you can't buy the experiences that we get from growing up where we grew up at. Yeah. And I'm so proud of that. You can't, like, I'll write some some stuff and it'd be like, and I used to wonder why, man, why I ain't getting this job? I know, man, I know that was some heat. And it and it could be they not ready for that. Yeah. I'd rather have my shit where it needs to be and ready mm-hmm. than someplace that ain't, ain't going to do that nothing with it. That once I get that, they going to rewrite exactly. it so, right. <laughs> so, so much that, that it ain't even that piece exactly. anymore. Yeah. And that, that has happened that to has me ha- before. Yeah. That happened to me in L.A. where it's like, you know, that part of it where I'm so proud of that you can't buy them experiences. You can't buy, you know, the hood jokes we have, the terminology we have, even down to the slang that's used. Like, for example, you have my, my cousin Rail, who was literally, and people could say I'm biased or whatever, even though I'm not. I'm just spitting straight facts. He was one of the funniest men in Chicago for so long. He's very funny. Literally yeah. so long. It was that. You know, he did what he had to do. And it wasn't until that whatever broke out um, where then they were getting opportunities where we had to we we see after him, we go. And then once that broke, then all, you know, more attention was coming once once Dion Cole and once. uh it exposed Chicago D-ray, to a higher like, like oh, right. Chicago has and those talent. are just black men. Yeah. Now we're on black women who have been here. Like, yeah. You, myself, niche, just niche, uh, you know what I'm saying? So many. I could name a whole bunch. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. When it's that, it's like, so it's a little bit of both. Yes, if we had those resources and we're trying, like, black people are still trying to own our own things, so then it would be more. But, yeah, a lot of these other institutions, they are just that. Like, it's, like, great. Now, do you feel like blacks, though, that, that come up and get those opportunities that they reach back and assist other blacks that's coming up? Because I don't see much of that. Uh, but this I is just from my own personal I mean, experience. As I far haven't. as like owning people who own institutions, like black people who own institutions or black people in general? Just black people in general. You know, you see a lot of great talent come out of Chicago. But how much, you know, when you look I, at people like from Atlanta or you look at uh, like a lot of artists from the South, they usually come with this big ass huge group of talented yeah, people. I think and they, I and would they definitely enhance. have to say Chicago has some things to work on. <laughs> I'm from, I mean, the nickname city of hella haters didn't come from just anywhere. Yeah. Um, being a proud Chicagoan, I will say that we have a lot of heart. We have a lot of soul. But when it comes to things like that, I think it's, be, it's just, it's, it's slowly becoming better, but it needs to become, we can be so, we can be so cold. But, and I find it to be to each other though. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I could see uh, an, an artist from Chicago that is black reaching back for one of their white friends. Like, yo, would do you yeah, mind writing on this show? Or do you mind, do, you know what I mean? I can see that, but it's like, why don't we help each other? And I think that's where I'm, I'm hoping that that change is going to start sooner. I see I I would I I can only speak for myself in this sense where I know that even right now and I can't say what it is until until the ink dry until I'm in that room there has been reaching backs to you know I've been reached back to I know some other people who have reached back to like when I came to town two weeks ago um, Zoe Lay she um, 
manages Just Nation. She throws, a, she's a promoter for a lot of those dope comedy shows. She reached back and was like, man, anytime you want to open, let me know. Like, I can, and then just being observant, I do know that there needs to be more. So, so I am agreeing with you. There, there is, it feels like a change is yeah. shifting, but I am in agreement with you where it's like, there needs to be more. Like that, that Atlanta wave, whether it is in their hip hop, comedy, whatever, it's inspiring. Yeah. It's inspiring, like and, support, and I think support, that has support, something to do constant. with environmental things too. Because the South is very all about hospitality and 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 very you know family. And New York and Chicago is all about the gritty, the move. I got to get this. The I'm grind. hustling. I'm doing. But I yeah. think that even with things like your beautiful podcast that you have here, where Lisa's here and you're here, and you know people are coming together to make these beautiful things. We are being the change that we want to see. Yeah. Have I seen it? Yes. I Kelly, trust me. I seen it where I was just like, why aren't we? But then you have people like Dave Hellum where. Dave Hellum's great. I'm in supporting. L.A.? Yeah. Oh, my God. That show he has is dope. Yeah. Even when I was out there, I tried. I went out to dinner, told him I was going to be at his show. And shout out to Dave. He's not, He's been nothing but kind to me. And he's a talented brother. Um, He from born and bred from the shot too he throws this show dope ass comedy show and he does it in la and chicago and i mm-hmm. think he's great at that at showcasing not only chicago talent but he even reached out he reaches out and says hey when you're out here i want to put you in yeah because it's showcasing talent yeah and even um i do think we're gonna see a lot with a lot of uh chicago folks getting these shows like lena wave Look at her. Yeah. Like she's reaching back where yeah. she's ha- she's going to literally have she has a show that's filmed here. Yeah. That's giving back. That's that's reaching back. She's doing wonderful work. I, I don't know her personally. Um, I would love I, the day that I meet that sister. Salute. But I even know. IG. She went to ETHS. My daughter's. Uh, Look at school. that. She went yeah. to Everston. Yep. I know I reach out to her on IG. She always say something back. And I don't be reaching. I just be, I ask the goofiest question. I be like, man, you like mouth sauce on your chicken cheese? She like, "Uh, yeah. She was like mouth all day, (laughs) you know. She's, man, thanks for being this. It's it's just genuine. But I think we're, I I know progress. Moving into a new wave, yeah. Progress. We going into this new wave because the younger folks, we getting it now. You still have some of them old heads in comedies where it's like, well, when I was there, I had to do, it's like, well, you know, I, I that's geez, come on, man. Yeah. If we keep thinking like that, and I'm with the whole dogged work because my cousin makes sure I work hard. Like, yeah. people ain't going to never look at something that if he do or whatever and be like, man, well, real gay, whatever. Well, I don't, no, nah, I work. I right. work. And I've never even thought that because I haven't seen anything right. where you guys. I know have that you don't think that, and I don't care. If I mean, you've been on insecure, but I didn't even know if it had anything to do with him at all because he wasn't on that season, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was, was on that we, season, but was we were in the, the same, same episode. Were you? Like, yeah, we were in the same. We were both in the season premiere. Okay, I and, remember you being, and the thing is, I guess I correlated it to he wasn't even, or I guess it's all shot. It's TV shenanigans we it's all shot episode. in la he, so even though he was based in chicago in the he episode had nothing to do with he that. was probably you know, he <laughs> he was proud of me when i was there because they were all texting him like because we look alike so they were all texting like man i'm proud of your cousin she came here professional working and he was texting me like man i'm proud of you because like this is really this really That's makes great. me so proud of this whenever we're in the same city we make sure we get food we make sure we're talking he encourages me i encourage him even though he's made it it we're family right 
But the insecure thing, they had nothing to do with him. He didn't even know until I told him. Like, I literally, uh, Natasha Rothwell, who's just an amazing writer, woman, performer, everything, beautiful kindred soul. She plays Kelly on Insecure. She's also like the, I forgot, I don't want to say head writer. I think she's head writer. But the person who, what's it called? Dang, forgot. She's dope. <laughs> but I met her through my sister Cecily Strong, and I remember uh, we were sitting, we were sitting in LA watching the first season, and I was like, "Man, Cecily, this is a show I really love." And Cecily was like, "Oh my god!" She was like, "That's my girl right there." She was like, "She used to write for SNL," and she was like, "I, I love her." And I was like, "Who, Kelly?" I'm saying her name on the show. Right. And she was like Natasha, and she was like, "Man, you you always talk about Black Girl Magic." She was like, "She is Black Girl Magic. And I should introduce you to." Uh, she told Natasha that I was out in LA, mm-hmm. and I was talented, and me and Natasha met for some drinks. From that, I told her about the community work I did, and she just seen my work and. I seen a, a, I remember I literally did a self-tape. My 17, 16 at the time, year old brother. I was like, hold my iPhone up. I'm just going to send it to him. Did a self-tape, sent it to her. And she was like, hey, it's this role. I'm going to send it to East and them. She was like, son, we're going we gonna to get you in here this season. Nice. You know, because there was no positions in there. You know, yeah. other positions that they had was already sold up. So I was just like, man, I, I, I love this show so much. It's black girl magic. It's, it speaks it truth. And literally that day, like HBO had called me. Not the end of the week, HBO had called me. I was sitting in a, a bar in Harlem with one of my best friends and <laughs> – they had called me and was like, hey, Insecure wants to fly you out for, uh, you know, for a week to be in the an episode. Of, and I just was like, what? Wow. And, that's so um, amazing. From there, I had hit Natasha up and I was like, you know, thank you so much. She was like, don't thank me. She was like, you did like you. I will never forget. She had she was just like you showed so much like dogged work and just talent of. And then she was like. I've never met someone who just goes for it. She yeah. was like, like you just went, and and she said, I only reason I submitted your self tape to the to to everybody. She was like, because I knew that if they chose you, you there would be no excuses. You would go. You would come. Yeah, there would be no. Oh, I can't get out. She was like, I knew you would come. Yeah, and I was so inspired and moved by that. Where I was like, man, just keep going, sheets. And from there, like. Other things, other little breakout things started happening when I went back to New York to just hustle and flow and other things started happening there because I was putting my best self out there and I'm always willing to do the work. I'm always willing to be myself. Right. And that's what I, that's why I love Insecure so much because everybody on there or in that room, they're always themselves. Authenticity. They're yeah. Authentic. I yeah. love that. So do you feel like you have a large support system? Friends, uh, family that push you? I'm very careful on what I call support. I was about to say, do you ever question other people's motives or intentions when they quote unquote? When they show you? me who they are, I believe them. Like my support system, uh, God and first and foremost, I'm a very spiritual person. I make sure that I have everything as balanced as I possibly can. Um, my family, I love my mom. My mom is that's the only parent I got. So, right. you know. Um, and then I just, I'm very careful of, like, 
just that whole support thing. Like, it's so, I don't know, I'm blessed in a way where I, like, really, I think people see things, but they don't see the work behind it. Right. Like, even when it's some of the friends that I have, like, they don't see that we're just friends. Like, these are people I love to hang out with. I'm not friends with this person because of what they can get me. Right. And even how it happened where it's like, oh, this friendship happened because she's trying to get on. No, this friendship happened years ago because this is my friend. Right. You know, she's there for me when I have low points. It's like my Cecily Strong is my sister. Cecily is also on SNL. Right. And does dope movies and whatever else. You have some people who may look at that, which I don't care what those people think. But you have some people who look at that and it's like, oh, well, she trying. No, you don't know uh that Cecily and I are like real fucking friends we I don't call out. I don't call talk. everybody my sister like of yeah. course there are things there of course there are advantages of fucking your friend being a dope person and that's on both ends with for me and for her right but I never think of like I be having to remind myself that she's that she's <laughs> a celebrity when we out or whatever yeah. Cause you, we was out someplace and a bunch of like little girls came up like, oh my God, Cecily. And I was like, damn, I forget. Cause I'm, <laughs> cause we be talking, we, I be having to watch, you know, if we cursing or something, I don't want to, you know, but, or when we doing dumb shit on social media, like I have to, ma- she be like, she, sister, take that down because, you know, I'm like, damn, I be forgetting cause this, you my homie. Right. Like I'm, this is dumb shit that we do. <laughs> we right. do the dumbest shit. Or with um, whether it be my cousin, I don't name drop him for shit. Like right. that's my that's my cousin. What he has is his. He got a whole family, kids, other shit like that. And any support that I'm given from either of them, or whether it be whomever, that's earned support. Through I I have to be some type of person too. Like I'm a kind person. I'm anybody who know me, they know me. Like. They know she's right, but I've uh, that also comes from years of hustling, years of giving back to my community. Yeah, those are things that people don't see. I'm a mentor on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, I don't get a paycheck for that, nor have I. No one ever has known this. Right. I only drop that information to encourage other people that sometimes we have to give back if we want to see that change, right? Or to be that change that we believe in. But as far as like the intentions of other folks and stuff like that, of course you always feel some type of way, but. <clears throat> I've I've learned to observe. I'm, I observe the actions of people. Mm-hmm. I uh, like I observe the actions of people where when I'm in around these people, how am I treated? Or when I'm back in Chicago, where I'm like regrouping and stuff like that. I my I, I notice how my phone don't jump off the hook. Is it's jumping off the hook when I'm in New York or LA? And I ain't even did half the shit that I know I'm going to do. Right. But I, I pay attention to all those things. I pay attention to when, you know, I'm doing some dope shit in New York or at some places and how my phone popping to when I'm, you know, in that area where it's like ain't nothing popping right now. Right. Who's calling ain't no, now? And who's calling now asking me, you know, hey, you want some lunch or hey, you want to hang out or hey, you want to go to show? My phone be dry as hell. <laughs> so you pay, I pay, but for real, it's like pay attention to those actions of people because you'll find out everything you need to know. And hey, that's cool. If you want those, if you want some friends who are around you just for when you popping, cool. But the way my soul is set up and the way that I'm set up as a person, I'm good on that. I, yeah. I just, I'm such a loner that I don't think it would matter for me either way. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'd be like, mm, 
Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> see, but you see how you know yourself, though? <laughs> there are some people who don't. Like, I'm such a, like, I'm a realist where I'm like, I want real around me. Yeah. And it don't even, and for me, that don't mean a big-ass group of people. It can be two people. It could be one. It could it varies just authentic yeah, yeah i just love authentic real shit because at the end of the day you can have a room full of people or one person but at the end of the day you just don't want to feel empty especially on things that we're trying to achieve and that we're doing yeah so who would you say is the biggest influence in your career who i like look up to and everything mm-hmm. like that right now or like just in general who, who do you so think? many people just give me one that's hard Kelly. All right, we'll skip the question. No, no, What's don't your, skip it. Because I, I don't want you to have to choose. Oh, my God. Who's my biggest influence? Who's your biggest influence? I, I'm not going to pick. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say. How about this? How about we say who's your biggest influence? Somebody that you do not know. Somebody that I don't know? Yeah, let's do that. Who's your biggest influence when you look at TV or when you think about comedy? Or you think about your career. Somebody that. That way you know. don't have to feel like you have to choose because I know you know a lot of different people. And you Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Of course. That's I love him one. so much. Yeah, he's amazing. He's dope. I he watched dope. Nutty Professor last night. He's so creative. Um, what is your ultimate goal for comedy in your career? Ultimate goal is to create and to, uh, to create not just for myself but for us, for the people, for the culture to create people of color specifically yeah for the culture if of course people of color because we still ain't there yet i can write and perform in front of anybody but i want i want us to have our own and to be able to we just that's funny because you're leading into my next question which i'll just ask i say your comedy is very conscious in regards to uplifting blacks and exposing injustices Mm -hmm. that directly affect the black community what Mm -hmm. makes this so important for you just like every Kelly, you got some deep questions. G. You are good. <laughs> Damn. Knock Wendy Williams off. Give, give, give <laughs> Kelly the Wendy Williams spot. T- I say this all the we time that I'm this. like, I'm like Oprah and Tony Robbins love child. Like that's mm. my. <laughs> um, just being from it, looking around, being in it. That right there, like. My social media is so <clears throat> dope because I've I've at first I I was always told from uh, different people who are in in the same uh, field that we're in like you don't do this can't do that make sure you you ain't list talking. of limitations right yeah. not and what I say uh, uh, twenty minutes ago I don't want no limitations on me yeah. why do I always, I see to each his own. I see people who use their social media platforms for whatever the fuck they want to use it for. Mm-hmm. Some of them choose lanes. Like Sean King, he has chosen to use his social media platform for letting people know about what's being done, you know, injustices and things like that. Then you'll see somebody who has used it for just um whether it's funny videos or the shade room. They have a they have a direction where mm-hmm. they why do I have to limit myself? If I want to talk about injustices or crack a joke or and half of my shit don't even be playing jokes. I usually just be telling a story or some real shit that didn't happen. If it end up being funny, then it's funny. Or 
like I have if I got some shit to talk because I'm from Chicago, that's what we do best. If I got some shit to talk, I'm gonna talk some shit. But at least I'm consistent at the end of the day. And I feel like if you're consistent, go ahead and do what you do. Right. As long as I'm not be- I'm always sure though that I'm not being reckless because recklessness is what is what is who's that for? Like how is that gonna how is that gonna be beneficial to anybody or and to myself? Right. For what? I'm not here to try to to, you know, be reckless with it, but I am letting people know that I'm consistent. I'm intel I'm highly intelligent. I'm a black proud black person, black woman. Uh that I am funny. I am gifted. Why should I why should I not be any of those things? So it's those things of why I've chosen to do what I do and and, and put that into my work because that inspires the it next is, generation. It inspires them. Like yeah. I the uh, today I I I uh, posted I posted something about the iPhone X yesterday. I was it was just early in the morning. I'm broke as hell. I'm like I ain't getting no iPhone X, <sighs> but I saw what the emojis could do. Like you, it really. I was playing with it. I didn't make the video I posted. One of my homies sent it to me, but you can literally the emoji screen your face and you, and this black person, this gifted black person, whoever made this video, shout out to them. They literally made, remade the uh, contagious video with all the emoticons. And it looks just like the video, but it's like these animals reacting and singing and it's incredible and I posted and I was just like man this is why I'm I was like y'all need to be glad my broke ass ain't in this phone right now my bro <laughs> I said broke black ass because this is what this is just a taste of what I would be doing yeah and the shit went viral just off of people of of like my words of being real and being speaking how I know to speak it's right. like my little big bro chance the rapper where city council he didn't go in there and say well technically the city is no he went in there and said what is y'all doing yeah sometimes we you know as black people or people of color would think we have to switch it up to do this and i know that that in many ways this industry still does that makes us feel that way or shows us that well if they don't do it this way then they're not going to get this and that's why i say we have to keep creating and doing shit until we own stuff Mm -hmm. where we can continue to put ourselves on because it's not enough i think the biggest thing is being able to like yourself yeah, of course. That's what it goes. That's where it of ends course. at. It's like not even about what what works or what will get you in certain industries or what will get you paid. Of course. It's about do you of wake co- up in the morning and say I do like Do you me. like the work? Do you like you <laughs> and do you like the work that you producing and you putting out there? Yeah. What is something you hate to hear other comics talk about on stage? What is that one thing that you like? Uh, here we go. I hate and not even just comics on stage. I hear it on the radio too like just uh Going in on on dark skinned black girls or just black women in general, do, like who do this, who don't do that, like that shit so played to me. Like that's so back 90s. to the it's so nineties <laughs> dozens joke when we was just you know that shit. But but like that you know that colorism video that's going viral with that young lady who's like this is what I'm I've dealt with I'm dealing with. It's like we gotta remember. We got shorties out here who are, they already getting it from the commercial industry that this is like, like colorism is still so real, but I was just, that shit's getting weak. Like the sexism shit. I think the sexism shit from uh, male comedians yeah. is just so played. It's so played. 
All right, all right. We down to the final four. Four questions in four minutes. I'm setting a timer right now. So if you're ready, let me know, and we're going to get it cracking. All right. You ready? Wait, how many seconds I get? None. You get four minutes and zero seconds. <laughs> what to do what? To answer these four questions. Okay. It's final four. It's okay. called the final four. Four questions in four minutes. You okay. ready? Go. All right. Oh, shit. See, you didn't mess up the timer. I'm she didn't have a timer ready. I had the timer ready. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What's the pettiest thing you've ever done in your life? Pettiest thing I've ever done in my life? Um, Oh, damn. I think somebody was, oh, what I did. It was when I was a kid. It don't matter. What's the pettiest thing? Pettiest thing I did. I think I put vinegar in my cousin water. You think or you know you did? We did that shit. (laughs) Cause you like I think I did. We Uh, did that shit. You put vinegar in your cousin's water. Yeah, that's disgusting. I know. He was. They was fucked up. Oh my god! Shouldn't have stole my two dollar bill, (laughs) shouty. Over a two dollar bill. Yes, because when you was a kid, then was rare. You was like, "Oh, I'm doing big shit. I got a two dollar bill." Not knowing <laughs> it, don't nobody fucking like two dollar bills. Nobody want to get stuck on a two dollar bill. He stole my shit. And I spit that shit on the ice cream bills, truck. Nah. Oh man. All right. If you could ask the universe for one thing that you'd have for the rest of your life, what would it be? It can be an emotion. It could be something tangible like money, anything. If I ask the universe for something, I could have. Uh, I would ask the universe for. You would never have to worry about this thing again. You just have it forever times are ticking um (laughs) i want my mom to be healthy i would ask the universe to make sure she's happy that your mom is happy my mom is happy and wealthy okay let's now for you though for me see that's that humanitarian shit for me um to for my wildest dreams to be real your wildest dreams to be real i'm not even gonna ask you what your wildest dreams is because it's ticking okay but if i told you you could solve any one thing that you see to be a problem in the world you can have an abundance of resources money is not a factor control and poverty gun control poverty racism all the isms all the ills of this world i would rid them of it you would rid the world of isms Of, of isms sexism racism anything that's ills that is just causing all of this havoc, just rid of it, and Donald Trump. Do, and Donald Trump. <laughs> um, and before I even jump into that next question, uh, and I know the time is ticking, but do you think that those ills to some extent help us grow as a as people? They Versus do, if, how, if we I'm didn't ask, have them, how do we know what the next step is? Yeah, that's cool, but I'm going to ask what James Baldwin asked, and how much more time do we need for progress we do you not you don't think that we're progressing i think that we are but how much i'm tired of people saying in this time in that time in in my children's time no we've been saying that since the beginning we have to start these actions got to start happening so i'm not saying of course i'm saying rid the world of its ills there are other things that can teach us to grow yeah you know, there's still going to be a stove where a little kid can burn his hand. I'm not saying get rid of stoves, you know, gotcha. for a little kid to know that that shit is hot. Just the human influence. It's just that is it's it's killing us. Okay. You got one minute left. What do you believe is the key to lasting happiness? The key to lasting happiness Question is number four. don't try to impress, uh, impress, not impress everybody, but what was that? Who said that? He said uh, trying to please everyone. That's that's stop trying to please everyone because that's not gonna happen that's one of the keys to happiness um space like make sure you give yourself space and uh 
finding good people to surround yourself with good people stop just accepting bullshit or people because you think trying to know people just to know them i've never been that person i'm so glad i'm not mm-hmm. um but get you some good people and genuinely speak life speak life to to situations to people to uh just being you and speaking life and knowing your worth because when you know your worth people are only gonna treat you how you allow them to treat you and as well as this this universe as well oh did i make it that's i made the timer. it that's the I timer you did you did thank you so much for being a guest hey, on baby. Kelly talks uh do you have any upcoming dates that you'd like to share well, yeah, I just had. I first, I would like to thank everybody who came to my Chicago tour dates at the Laugh Factory and at the Playground. Um, and now I have some upcoming shows in New York in a couple weeks. I'll be. Do you perform- have a website or anything that they can? My website is actually under construction. Lisa B Experience is under under construction right now, but she's she killing that shit. Nice. But I do have uh, my social media, which is Rashida She's on IG, and then Rashida She's on Facebook, same as on Twitter. Uh, you can see my New York dates. I'll be performing with Amber Ruffin and Ashley Nicole Black on December 1st nice. at the People's Improv Theater. Cool. And then I think on December 11th at NYC Broken Comedy or The Cellar, I'll be I'm gonna be in the midges though. I see you. I see you. Thank you so much again. I really, really appreciate this talk. It was amazing. It was insightful. And it gave us a little bit of uh uh a little bit of a view into your world. Kelly, you're dope. Keep doing what you're doing. This is awesome. I haven't this is great. I haven't felt this good all week. Aw, thank you. Hey guys, just so you know, my album taping is tomorrow, November fifteenth. You heard me. Tomorrow, hey, so I need day. y'all to be there, 7 p.m. or 9:30. You have two different shows. You can buy tickets online at uh, kellyhoward.com or comediansyoushouldknow.com, and also go to my website kellyhoward.com. You know this spelled K-E-L-L-Y-E. I shouldn't have to tell you that if you listen to my podcast, but just in case, I'll tell you anyway. K-E-L-L-Y-E Howard. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you much, and I'll see you next week. Deuces. Peace. I want to thank our sponsors, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Mm-hmm.